All right, welcome back to week seven of the Sticks Golf Roundtable podcast with myself, Tom Crow, John Rosenstock, and Trey Wren. This week we have an awesome, awesome segment for you. We are going to chat a little bit about Bay Hill. We are going to chat a little bit about the updates for some courses that are being redesigned and rebuilt, including Cabot. Uh, and we're also going to debrief on my experience at Seminole, which was life-changing and unbelievable. But before we get to that, I would like to do a brief ad read for Swing U. Swing U Premium, the world's most comprehensive golf game improvement app with the industry's easiest to use on-course GPS, scorecard, strokes gained, and stat features. Swing U's AI-powered digital caddy provides plays like distances, swing speed, elevation, shot tracking, and club recommendations. With the world's easiest-to-use strokes gain stat system, you'll receive a relative handicap for driving, approach shots, chipping, pitching, bunker play, and putting. Whether you're on the course or at home, premium subscribers get anytime, anywhere access to SwingU's massive on-demand library of lessons, drills, from world-class golf instructors. So join SwingU today and start shooting lower scores. Now let's get to the pod. Sticks Golf Roundtable, Episode 7. We are starting this off by giving a big happy birthday shout-out to our roommate, Chris. Come, Please come in the, in the uh, camera. Here we go. This is, this is my big break. This is Happy birthday, bud. <laughs> a tradition uh, unlike any other. Yes. That's right. But we are going to take our ices now. Cheers. Uh, does Tom put down the whole entire 36 ounces? For those not on YouTube that are just listening, Tom and roommate Chris are... Oh, you can hear five they have iced each other. Let's listen. Let's listen. Oh, disgusting sound. It's a big boy, too. That's not the 12 ounce. That's like a 20 ounce. That's a pint. All right. <laughs> I apologize to everybody that just listened to that. Yeah. Um, we can, we can that's, I'm really happy that's over. Oh my God. I haven't done that since college. Oh, happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> All right. Nice. All right. Now we can get to the pod. That was great. I'm a, I've got a slightly more sophisticated thing going on here. I'm drinking, uh, I'm actually in a celebratory made myself, my Longwood Lancers, uh, clinched the spot in the big dance. First time ever. Uh, big, big South champions. So little shout uh, out there. Love that. Little shout out. I had three of the, three of my old, college teammates over yesterday we had some uh well we're recording monday night so this was sunday had some had some wings had some food had some beers shotgun to beer on the back porch after they wanted to celebrate so nice go longwood that should Love be it. fun there, there should be a 15 seed so um they'll have to play somebody good somebody maybe like a duke or a kansas it looks like so yeah i mean if they might lose anyway first round they may as well play so oh, yeah yeah, I might as well. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. likely get smoked, but it's just, good exposure. Just in case and... they win, it's a it's a bigger deal, you know. Right. 
Yeah. So I've got a little Woodford reserve on, on ice uh, to yeah. celebrate. Well, just to back up the ice, I got a beer too. Just, just so I could sip on something. Oh, this is not, yeah, this is a twist off. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Trey, what are you drinking? I have a Kona Big Wave again. Again. That's probably the only thing I've had. Fair enough. Well, I think we may have seen probably the hardest setup on the PGA Tour this year, this week with Bay Hill. Um, I feel somewhat bad for half the guys I had to play that golf tournament. I mean, (laughs) fuck, some of those lies and some of the shit that I saw, like, I would not have wanted to play this week. That would have stopped. But, uh, yeah. It it reminded me of, I alluded last week to, uh, you know, I went down there three years ago for a golf trip with my dad and some other family. And I remember, like, you know, we get on the first hole, second hole, third hole, and I was just cruising along. And then I started hitting it in the rough. And I was having the hardest time getting out. I'm like, what the hell is this rough? And the <laughs> caddy said it was double overseeded rye. I mean, that is the thickest, gnarliest it's got rough you can possibly imagine. And those guys, uh, yeah. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, you know, he was hacking it out of there as best he could, you know, to a 72 on Sunday to win. But that, that, was, hook, that was a struggle. That, like, hook seven iron he tried to hit, like, around a tree that went like a foot or not a foot, but it went like seven feet, like up in front of himself. And then he got it up and down somehow. It was unbelievable. But that was just a perfect example of like, you could not do anything. Like even one of the best, probably like magicians out of the trees and out of the rough, which is Scotty Scheffler. I mean, he couldn't even do anything. He did end up getting the the next one up and down, but I mean, some of those conditions were fine. They were U.S. Open conditions. Yeah, I was going to say, that's as close to a U.S. Open setup as you're going to get on a regular PGA Tour week. I mean, there was a true penalty for errant tee shots. You really couldn't bomb and gouge your way around. I mean, sure, a wedge helps versus a seven or eight iron coming out of there, but it was was firm as the greens were. And um, I mean, I think the thing that I think is the worst part about that setup is that all right, if you have a U.S. Open golf course, like a wing foot or a, like a typical one, maybe Marion, where it's all just in one spot, like this is a Florida golf course with bulkheaded greens and yeah. water <laughs> water on some yeah. like, where you're hitting it, it, not just back into the rough, you're hitting it out of out of play. Is That's the most brutal part about this course because it looks like a normal, and it plays like a normal Florida golf course most of the year, but then they come in and just absolutely dump mm-hmm. right on it and it just – plays like an absolute bear and they didn't they didn't uh overseed the fairways at all so they oh, were yeah i heard that tight as fuck yeah. i mean yeah. the ball would almost every time it would sit down a little bit like it wasn't mm-hmm. it was never really sitting up so and, and that was contributing to you saw a lot of guys hit what looked like a pretty good tee shot and it would just roll through the fairway exactly i think that had something to do with it too right because uh, if, if they were overseeded there would have been a little more grab there yeah, I don't oh. think it was favored or enjoyed. And I'll tell you what, that, anyone. It, the fact that I think the fact that the fairways were not overseeded and they were really thin and really kind of nasty is probably why we saw the best ball strikers be at the top of the leaderboard this week. Yeah. Victor Hovland, um, Tyrrell Hatton. I know he like kind of made a little bit of a run there late. And then Woodland. obviously Scotty Scheffler and Woodland and Billy Horschel. Woodland, I mean, Woodland confirmed stripes. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Dude, of, speaking of Billy, worst Horschel. bunker shot I've ever seen ever on the PGA Tour on yeah, 17. That I was actually, he looked like he was trying to like lift it out, like he didn't even take a back. Swing. I was playing golf and I got a text saying D cell, and they go, What was that? And I was mm. like, wow, I wonder what happened because I wasn't watching. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and it was Woodland our, our, Oh, dude. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the D cell John Rom hit from 10 inches. No, no that was <laughs> terrible. 
That was terrible. I actually got a funny story. Um, when I was in college, freshman year, my one of my roommates, Sarit, who was from Thailand, he uh, he had a putt of like literally a foot. I mean, maybe eight inches, and he hit it, and like it came off his putter like dead, and like kind of like went off to the right. And we all thought he just decelled and like hit a terrible putt. And he's like screaming, like so angry. He's like, "Fuck this putter, God damn it, blah blah blah, it's broken." And we we're, we're, we all thought he was just joking, like oh, not just joking, but like blaming it on the putter. Actually, when he got done, he had an insert that he had kicked earlier in the round. That so there was we just, have the putter in the garage. We have the putter in the garage, yeah, yeah. so you can see it. He kicked it so hard that it fucked up the insert. So he just happened to Sorry. hit the putt on the part of the insert where like there wasn't an insert or something. And so it like just came off dead to the right and that, and then he missed the putt. And that's exactly what I thought of when I looked, watched John Rom hit that like t- one inch uh, putt. He, he just didn't hit it. That and was, that was wild to see. Number one golfer in the world. I mean, that just shows you what a crazy game it is, right? Yeah. Well, that what, did you guys, what did you guys think about a uh, quick quote from Rory? We were talking about the conditions. Um, he said, I feel punch drunk punch drunk to be honest the weekend it's like crazy golf yeah they need to do something about it end quote i mean to me is it the perfect setup no but i mean we've talked about it before i love a mixture of tough events and i don't mind the easy events you know the 20 25 unders every now and then but yeah it was hard as shit but rory you know you shot 76 76 i mean you didn't have your best game clearly better it sounded kind of whiny to me. I mean, of course, that's easy for me to say sitting on the couch watching, but I don't know. Somebody's got to win, and clearly he could have played a little better. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can get mad. I mean, the only time I think you can really get mad at, a, at like, a course setup is at a U.S. Open if they lose a green. But, like, besides that... Like right. the course is the same for everybody that you're that's playing it. Yeah, when you see balls on like really severe greens start to just fall off, and you see yeah. guys like rolling a three footer lip out, and then it rolls ten feet. That's that's to me. That's when complaining is perfectly valid. But correct. what you had here was just really narrow fairways and really really thick rough, very penal, tough greens to hit into from that rough. Um, I mean, like I said, I was sitting on the couch. He was out there playing, but. It just kind of seems like, you know, it'd be more valid to complain about the setup after playing well, not after 76, 76. Completely. Well, you know what? They, they make him say something after every single round, and that's just what he was thinking. True. And I love Rory for his candidness. And yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Probably, it probably was awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I literally I opened up the podcast by that's saying not, I wouldn't have wanted to fucking yeah, play this week. Right. <laughs> right. I right. didn't want to play this week. That looked hard as shit. I just thought it. Like, all the way to Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, came, came off a little uh sounded a little whiny to me but love rory love his candidness i mean nothing against him but just yeah let him have it <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um yeah, speaking the, of golf course setups what we have, is that our next topic oh no no i, I want to talk a little bit about the guy that won this the secondary event ryan bram yeah ryan bram Puerto, six shot six shot six shot win right yeah is the puerto rico curse still a thing yes no victor hovland broke it Oh, he did. Okay, well, good. For yeah. Him. Then Brem's fine. Yeah. For those who don't know, there was a, a thing. It was like for ten years running, uh, the winner of the Puerto Rico Open never won again. 
And then uh, Victor Hovland. Well, but Finau broke it after Victor had already broken it. No way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finau didn't win until oh. he didn't win until uh, Victor had won twice. Making the Correct. curse valid. Yeah. That's a real. But yeah. Story. Yeah. Wow. For but sure. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Brim needed a solo second to maintain conditional status coming off of a minor medical extension. A solo second, or else he's back on the Corn Ferry Tour. He wins by six to not just get that conditional status. He gets now full status for two years with his wife on the bag. I mean, that's insane. That's guts. That's that's, that's incredible. That's just good business right there. That's if, if yeah. That's good stuff. Ryan Brown. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. That's good stuff. That's great. Time. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. It's one thing we, we you know we've been talking a lot about the the Saudi Golf League, the PGL. And it's all well and good to get all the stars together and have big marquee events, but you lose, you know, you would lose stories like this a little bit, right? Like we had Luke List come through at 37 years old and win his first tournament ever. Um, you know, some of these sort of journeyman stories of, of guys getting it done out of nowhere. Um, cool story like Ryan Bram. Yeah, maybe they don't make like the headlines on Sports Center, but they're cool if you if you they're really meaningful the for game. us. Yeah. yeah definitely for like the actual golf sports fan like they're definitely meaningful for us like uh yeah i mean the fact that he was i mean one by six that's pretty awesome but he was weeks or months away from being on the mini tours again and now he's got a two-year right. job on the pga tour i mean that's pretty fucking special Incredible. very cool yeah and back to bay hill real quick scotty scheffler i mean you know incredibly consistent last year but couldn't get a win and now he's got two in the last three weeks he's up to number five in the world um Pretty, I mean, I think it was a matter of time for Scotty, though. I think everybody mm-hmm. knew that he was sure. he was going to catch fire at some point. Whether I mean, he yeah. was going to be like a Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I think Colin Morikawa just got to it first. I mean, to yeah. Be, I mean, I I think Scotty wins ten majors, ten plus majors. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I do. That's a, that's a bold statement. I do. I truly third believe that ever. he's so that's good. Like, yeah, that's like top five of all time. I think he wins ten when he gets done. A, I'm gonna put it out there. Should we add that to our Sunday? Should we game? add that Ricky to our? Bet? We can talk off camera. We can talk I'm, about that. I get I'm big on best. I'm big on Scotty Scheffler, but I'm betting the house against that one. Mm. Wait, okay, <laughs> that's a big number. That is a that is an outlandish number. I might have to back it down to five, but I can't back it down to five now that I've said ten. No, I'd I'd go five. We just, should we just pretend that we just go back and we can cut it? We'll just cut it. I think <laughs> I think Scotty I think Scotty Sheffield will win five majors. Still a lot. That is a lot. Still a lot, but more. Okay, more I can, more, more more whatever. But we'll he's see. so good at golf, dude, and he's been so good at golf at every level. And they were saying, uh, who was it? Somebody was saying, you know, a former tour player that's gotten to know him really well said, the kid loves the spotlight. He loves when the lights are on and it's. You know, if it was basketball, he'd be like, he's the guy that wants the ball in his hand, you know, with time, you know, seconds left on the clock. He loves the pressure and the spotlight. And that's huge, right? I mean, you combine that with talent and there you go. That's a guy who's going to win a bunch of tournaments. Also just got an absolute rocket of a wife. Absolute rocket. Good for you, Scotty. Certainly helps. Good for you, Scotty. Um, Shout out to Bryson Nimmer for playing his second PGA Tour event in a row. 
Monday cue today. You know what? Cheers. Not cheers a, to Bryce. Not, not a bad thing has happened to a sticks guest. So R- Ricky Fowler. If That's right. Ready. Yeah. Ricky, you need to get on here because we, we have to bring you good luck. A guy who went from Corn Ferry to PGA Tour and he won. And then we yeah. have a guy who won the Corn Ferry Tour. And then we have a guy who's just Monday and in like a machine. I, you know what? I mean, I mean, it's the sticks bump. You get a little bump when you mm-hmm. participate with us. It is a bump. Michael, Brent, Michael Brennan. I saw he's yep. playing. Playing all right in the Wake Forest right now. Piners number two. They're defending their team title. He's defending his individual title. Scores were crazy high. Um, nobody's under par in the entire field. Really? I think 20 I over. Yeah, what was the... Uh, let me see here. Clemson is leading after two rounds at 20 over par. Wow. Um, it was... You guys are down in Florida. I'm in Virginia. Only about three and a half hours from Piners. And the wind was gusting almost 40 today in Richmond. So I imagine they had some of that uh, down in Pinehurst as well. It was yeah. it was an incredibly windy day, so probably number two combined with some wind and firm conditions, uh, getting the boys a little bit down. Yeah, I mean, number two is just hard in every yeah. possible way. It's just difficult. I played it in, in easy conditions, and it was tough. Yeah. I only played it last. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Last note on the tour before we move on. Uh, Billy Horschel, who I think we have some differing opinions on favorability. I like him. Um, Tom likes him. Trey and I, not so much. I find him quite annoying, well, actually. I don't, I don't mind him. I just don't like listening to him talk. So Yeah. So my only Carl. That's him. fair. He needs to take a speech class. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <we're> yeah. <laughs> I just, he, when I first kind of got to know who he was, he really irritated me on a, on an interview, a Faraday interview where he was um, talking about himself, like, like Tiger, basically, um, you know, and I, just, I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way the way he was talking, and so I haven't really liked him ever since. And so now everything he does is under a microscope for me. And but have to give him props on this one. Um, pretty cool story. He just became the volunteer assistant coach for Florida, where he went, obviously. Um, so basically, the, the way it reads is. You know, he's, he's making himself available to the players. He'll, he'll participate in some practices. He'll go to some tournaments and he'll just be like, I think the guys from what I can tell can text him or call him and chat anytime. And he's making himself available to the, to the Florida golf team. And, um, the coach had a comment, the head coach, uh, JC Deacon said, I've got to hand it to him. He's been incredible. He's really spent a lot of time getting to know the guys, learning their games and being a huge part of our team. He's helping a lot. He's got that swagger and confidence and enthusiasm and love for the Gators that is palpable and the guys can feel it. Um, and they actually won their, uh, this was announced right before the spring season started and they won their first event out of the gate. So yeah, not a huge virtual fan, but I think that's a pretty cool story. That's great. And it, it means even more probably because it's not even his coach. It's a new coach. Yeah. He was like, there with buddy, right? Yeah, it had to be right. Yeah. Yeah. That's who, who, was, who is now an Auburn uh, affiliate really not. He's not helping the team. But is he? His wife runs the facility. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> I totally forgot about. It. She's yeah. a great lady too. Yeah, Joan Alexander, top yeah. notch. And then uh, yeah, he, top he, notch. He, he lives in Auburn, so he lives in a rival town. Yes, yeah, so he's out, but that, that's pretty cool. That he's doing it. Um, just that love, is pretty love, sweet. Love the program. That that's pretty sweet. Here. All right, so what do we yeah. got? Golf course design. Rosie. Yeah, um, got some golf course destination and golf course news and updates. Um, Two, two of which I'm really excited about. One, it'll be an interesting thing to, to discuss. Um, but right off the bat, um, we talked a little bit 
a few episodes ago about World Woods being bought by Cabot, um, the group co-founded by Mike Kaiser um, and Ben Cowan Dewar. They, you know, they made the announcement back in, I think it was December that they were taking over World Woods, these great two golf courses about a mile or about an hour north of Tampa um, that everyone raved about, but there was just no money being put into the place. It was kind of really, really falling and slipping away. Um, Cabot came in, came to the rescue. Um, but then recently, just a week or so ago, they made their announcements about who would be doing the work at the golf course and about a new project on property. So Kyle Franz, who we've talked about, you know, Kyle Franz um, worked closely with Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw on Piners number two, and then went on to renovate Southern Pines, Mid Pines, Pine Needles by himself. He will be leading the charge on the premier court, what is considered the premier course at, at World Woods, now Cabot Citrus Farms, Pine Barrens. Uh, Pine Barrens was once in the top 50 in modern course design in the United States. It slipped all the way to 172. But uh, I'm sure with this money and with Kyle Franz's pedigree of the work he does, it's going to be back in the top 50 easily and maybe even more in that top 10, top 20 range for the for the modern courses. Um, doesn't look like he's going to make any major changes. You know, for everything we've heard about Pine Barrens is it's a phenomenal course. And I think he's just going to do some touch-ups. He said he's going to try to create some more uh, interesting shots around the greens, redoing the grassing patterns to create wider corridors and more options off the tee. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. What are you guys' initial thoughts on that? Are they just pretty much lengthening? It's like, it's like I feel like a lot of the courses nowadays, when they, whenever they get redone, just like a lot of the biggest things is like tee boxes. They just add tee boxes. Is that a big thing or no? No, not especially not with anything that Mike Kaiser has done. If anything, when Mike Kaiser is involved, he's bringing the courses back in check. You know, he his philosophy is all these 7,500 yard courses out there, who's really actually playing them? You know, that's for less than 1% of the golfer. A great example of that is at Bandon Dunes, there's five courses there. Only one of them touches 7,000, and it's right at 7,000. Um, most, most of the courses are in that 66 to 6,800 yard range. So no, I, I don't think there's really any, any plans to lengthen, you know, we're talking about destination golfers, which, you know, is anywhere from a scratch to a high handicapper. They're not trying to have tournaments. You know, I, I don't think this is a project where they're looking to host a PGA tour event or a USGA championship, just a fun destination golf course. I like that a lot because the, I think when you, when you go travel somewhere to play golf, you put more value in it being memorable and interesting than difficult or like, obviously there's, there's different examples. Like if you're going to go to a, you know, a big city and go play a top, top track or the wing footer of Marion. Yeah. Like that's, you want it to be tough, but like if you're going somewhere to go stay and you're probably on some sort of fun trip, having it be, you know, a, a great design, regardless of, of challenge. Like I'd love to go. If, if I'm, if I'm flying and driving a couple hours, I'd love to go shoot 65. Yeah. <laughs> right. Shoot Fair 75. enough. You know, that's a good point. So like having it be fun and playable is, is great. Uh, I, I think that's, that's the trend, right? I think in the eighties and nineties, there was some obsession with who could build the longest, hardest golf courses. And we've, we're kind of coming back. We're reining it in from there. And a lot of new courses being built now are sub 7,000 um, because they say, you know what, we're not trying to have a US open. We're trying to have Joe Schmo. That's a 12 handicap, have the time of his life. So yeah, yeah that's, more of the, uh, and you know, 6,800, if it's designed well, uh, for guys like us, it can be a plenty good test and plenty of fun as well. So 
Absolutely. Agreed. You don't you don't need 7,400 yards to have a good time. When's the uh, completion date on that? So I th- think they're looking at they're shutting down for 18 months here pretty soon. So it probably, probably about you know close to two years out from now. The other course I was going to note. Uh, well, actually, there's two more things to mention. So currently, World Woods is is uh, is two golf courses. We just talked about Pine Barrens. The other one is called Rolling Oaks. Not quite as highly regarded, um, but Keith Reb and Riley Johns were announced, uh, were awarded this project. You probably haven't heard of these guys unless you're really into architecture, but they might be the next great duo. They've worked very closely with Core and Crenshaw. They've just started kind of splitting off and doing some of their own projects. Uh, they did the much heralded Winter Park 9 in Orlando, which is a cool little city golf course in downtown Orlando. Um, they heard also lots did of good a, things about that place. Oh yeah, yeah, it looks I've really heard fun. Tons of really good things about that place. Mm-hmm. I really want to go play. They have a, a legendary little skins game too. Yeah, and how? Yeah, can we go play in that? Anybody can play in it. Then why? Yeah. Yeah, I think you just show up on a on a Friday and you can get in. Oh, we got to do that. Yeah. Um. So these guys, you know, like I said, Keith Rab, Riley Johns, not household names yet in the golf world, but I think they're going to be a big deal. They've They've done some great work already. And so they'll be, they'll be doing, I think they're going to be doing a bit more. Uh, they're going to be moving some more dirt and doing a little bit more of a, a, a redo on uh, rolling Oaks because they said, you know, the, the course has great land, great features, <clears throat> but um, you know, maybe it was underutilized by Fazio when he originally did it 30 years ago. And then lastly at um, citrus farms, a guy I, I had never heard of Mike Nuzo. Um, who I, apparently is big in Texas. He's going to be doing, so, you know, originally they just had the two golf courses that are going to be redone, but he's going to come in, this Mike Nuzo guy, and he's going to be doing a nine-hole course and then a part three course and redo all the practice facilities. So there's going to be a great uh, bonus golf, so to speak, as well. I love bonus yeah, golf. We've got a pretty awesome uh, bonus golf situation at the place we've been going to look at. Um, We've been touring a, an active Gil. We told we, Rose knows all about this, but we've been touring an active Gil Hans uh, build site right now here in West Palm Beach, and it's one of the coolest projects. That Palm I, Beach Golf Park. Palm Beach Woo-hoo. Golf Park. West Palm Golf Park. Yeah. West Palm Golf Park. Yeah. And uh, and it's so it's Gil Hans is doing the golf course. They're building 18, 18 brand. It was a golf course before, so I'll just tell the I'll give you the, the Sparkos version. You had the Schmoop. The city of West Palm Beach owned this muni since the. 60s dick wilson did the golf course um they had actually had a professional event there at one point whatever and they let it completely go under it closed in 2018 these this group of guys uh from seminole went out there looked at it they went this looks pretty good i wonder if we could somehow restore it and so they've, they've now gone through that process they've raised a bunch of money they've hired gil hance and he's been working and they've been doing it for like six months and it is looking unbelievable We've I've, we've taken photos. We're going to actually produce a documentary about the whole project. It's going to be really really cool. But building eighteen brand new holes, uh, par three course, practice facility, driving range, short game area, putting course, putting green, junior golf clubhouse, South Florida PGA headquarters, and a clubhouse. And everything I said except for the golf course is going to be open until nine or ten p.m. It's all lit up. It's yeah. Wow. And they set aside a chunk of the funds to main, make sure it main, is, is going to be a playable relatively cheap municipal golf course accessible that's fantastic that's really cool it's going to be a really really it's a great 
just philanthropic. Yeah. Philanthropic. Philanthropic project. Oh yeah, I, I, I needed help on that. Sounded one. like Billy Horschel. I did. Um, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Horschel couldn't say that word. No, I no, he couldn't. Um, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Trey's been out there a few times. Uh, I was lucky enough to get out there the other week, and we he we we got some wheels, as the boys like to call it, the track, the big fucking four wheelers yeah, drive around. So side, sick, side by side, so much fun, <laughs> and uh, we rode the golf course, and I mean architecturally some of the holes are just so cool i yeah, mean we gotta keep quiet about it i know we're gonna keep quiet the about the holes, but <laughs> trey trey so like i can't talk a, about i'll make holes. a claim it's gonna be a top five municipal golf course in the united states yeah wow. it's, it's really sweet i believe it every the whole package is gonna be top top notch. yeah and, and then and the, like the holes run really well together i'm not gonna talk about specific no, specific. the holes run really it. well together um there's a bunch of like variation like uphill downhill like it, the land movement is usually yeah the, the few the pictures i've seen it, it looks like a much more interesting piece of land than you normally see in, in florida which can have a lot of sort of There'll be no flat water, squ- you know. no water in play yeah no water in play whatsoever yeah, the, it's like it had more of a rugged sandy scrapey kind of look sandy, to it very yeah. rugged. The, no, the notable comparison is yeah. kingston heath yeah kingston in, heath in which sand belt of australia which jamie is. could not have been more excited when i told him that he was yeah. like fuck yeah we're playing that's like great every yeah. year when i come down um, i can't wait i can't wait to hear and see more about that i'm gonna say one last thing about it it's got one of my favorite architecture like pieces is if you put a tree in a bunker and there's a couple trees in bunkers, yeah. which I love, yeah. love that. And mm-hmm. also I, me and Trey, when we were there, I put like a, was it like a two pence coin? He found it. He found like a British coin. In his no, no, I didn't find it. It's, I, I have a, a bunch of them from like ball markers and uh, there was, I mean, they're in construction. So like who the fuck's going to be around this tree? So I went to the base of the tree and I just shoved this coin as far deep as i could into like a crevice of a, of a tree so hopefully when it opens we can go back and like see if it's still see there it's still, yeah. but which is i'm sure it will be that's interesting it probably will be yeah but um, i hope it is we got to walk around with gil hans <clears throat> well not with we were not involved well we were kind of well, well we were, <laughs> there's only we six of us out there there's only six of us four of them were talking rude, than us it would have been too. very rude of them to not address us <laughs> yeah it would have been very awkward if they but were just we, like we, we weren't we weren't having there was no input from us there was no. a little chatter but it was i just no, told him i really liked the stretch of holes yeah. and he was like thanks yeah i was like okay but you should have started to throw yeah. some ideas out there hey gil you should think about this or that and see how he took that no you know why we didn't is because he is a very intense uh <laughs> he's scary he's, he's fucking frightening very tall man. um he's just how big, tall are we talking he's six five, five yeah six five wow. six, six. Yeah. he's got like a size 15 foot I mean, just massive. I mean, he, just a huge individual. And we just kind of were, were just falling around. And they, he, they were they were talking about little things that never, like, they were like, where to route the path. Um, well, like, dude, so we're standing, we're standing. Talking about, they're talking about moving rough lines, like, a couple feet, like, yeah. getting rid of a bunker connection. Like, oh, I'd rather this be, like... I well, that was a stupid bunker that like I was talking about. Um, he was right. He was right. But there was there was a whole. I, I've ne- so I've never designed a golf course. No, ever, no, obviously, no, never. Oh, I thought you had. Oh yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> no, totally. But like, so I didn't realize like the little like things that you've got to think about when you design a golf course. So we're just standing there, and Gil was talking to one of uh, the investors or one of the guys helping design the place, and. They're standing on a par four tee box that runs opposite direction of a par three. And again, I would never have thought of this, but one of the guys was saying to Gil, like, look, a shank 
is going to go here. And I'm like, oh, you have to think about the bad shots that people are going to hit. And then they're put it, about putting up, they were going to put a yeah. tree in there. So it would block potentially, potentially a bad golf shot 10% from, shots. yeah, from, you know, hurting somebody or, or doing anything to somebody on the next tee. And I was like, oh, that's actually really fucking smart. Like I wouldn't, wouldn't have even thought about yeah. it. Like, so there's a lot of like little things that I oh, think yeah. don't understand that, that go into a lot of like the choices and, and where the bunkers are and where the trees are and where the tee box is and where the car path is. There's so much more thought that goes Drain, into another. That. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Another like less sexy part of that job is drainage. It's huge to figure yeah. out how you're going to best naturally drain the golf course, even bigger focus now because there's a, a you know, a trend towards firm and fast. Um, everybody's yep. tired of playing soggy, cl- you know, clay-based, soft golf this, courses. This so completely, they called it based sugar on sand. Sand, white sugar sand. It is, it is completely sand, and it drains like just like a drain. Yeah, sounds drain, fantastic. Drains a dream drains like a dream. Yeah, we can't wait to share more and uh, and and. And just, be, I'm just so excited to be involved in this project. Yeah, uh, check our and, uh, uh, our Insta stories for possible yeah, sightings we'll of us hitting some some we'll shots. Really, really cool some, film whatever. coming out in about a year. Yeah, to look forward to that. Yeah, but. very cool. And very then, cool. honestly, uh, our buddies at Sugarloaf have, have told us a great idea, which we should probably, I should, we should probably get on is uh, is we should hit up Cabot and see if we can mm. do something similar. Yeah, yeah. they're about to start. You know, if they're, they're about to start once a month. Yep. I'll make that drive once a month for it to go. Yeah. I think they're getting started in uh, in June or July, so yeah. a little bit of time to maybe make a trip and see the the before the before uh, see what it's like now and and, and that, after. That's one of Sugarloaf's favorite spots. Um, they said yeah, they, they love that place. Um, but yeah, that would be really really. Cool. Hey, um, that sounds awesome, Trey. Thanks for sharing all that. Absolutely. Um, Aiken, South Carolina. We. This is the ne- the next project I'm really excited to share a little bit about um, that I didn't I had it wasn't even on my radar it just popped up a week or two ago but um, Aiken is turning into quite a little golf hub uh, of its own you know for a long time they've had okay, Palmetto Palmetto Golf Club Aiken Golf Course which is right in town there is a great municipal course you've got the tree farm going up which is Zach Blair's pet project with uh, I shouldn't say pet project we'll call it. It's passion project. It's just full time job with, with, with Tom, with Tom Doak uh, by his side. Right. So, um, or did Tom Doak? Yeah. I think Tom Doak's working with him on it. Yeah. Yeah, He's like a consultant on it. Um, anyway, there's another one, uh, another great golf course going up in Aiken. Um, it's called old Barnwell. So this, uh, wealthy Chicagoan um, basically sounds like this guy. He's like, I think he's like in his maybe early forties. He's fairly young to be doing something like this, but um, he's d- done very well for himself. Sold, sold his company a couple years ago and always wanted to build a golf club. Um, he grew up playing shore acres in Chicago and old Elm. His family took regular trips to national golf links and St. Andrews in Scotland. So he knows good golf. Right. And um, he has this, uh, project going it's going to be a twin course complex so there's going to be two golf courses um the first will be an 18 hole layout in a more traditional sense championship golf course if you will and then the second one is going to be more of like a short quirky fun maybe a maybe it's 12 holes or maybe it's 18 but it's a par 68 like something a little more different right 
Um, it's going to be private. Um, however, their mission statement is uh, bring people together through golf. The complex inside and out will be arranged in such a way to physically bring people together. They're really going to give a lot back to the community there. So even though it is going to be private, um, they're going to listen to some of these things they got going. So they're going to provide housing and full club access to four recent female college graduates pursuing careers in golf. They'll provide, uh, there's multiple HBCUs uh, in the area. So they're going to provide um, full access to the historically black college and university golf teams in the area, as well as general students and faculty at select times. They're going to put together a caddy program with playing privileges and scholarship opportunities. Um, and then the last thing, which I thought was really neat that I hadn't heard of anything like this before on the, on the agronomy side, they're going to promote a one-year apprenticeship program uh, within the local high schools for any graduating senior to earn salary plus benefits and on-the-job training under John Lavelle, one of the most respected leaders in the maintenance industry. So private club, but man, giving a lot back to the game, uh, really, and, you know, I think fostering sort of that that love and that passion for the next generation tell you what we'll give that a golf clap absolutely yeah we'll give that a golf clap great job pumped that's about pretty cool. that gonna pretty cool project that as yeah. much as we can that sounds absolutely. fucking awesome yeah i think I it sounds great so much. it's a great such a great little spot i mean it, it's got you know enough tour players to give it some real credibility golf course wide mm-hmm. and people are moving there and like yeah Buddy Richie Renski just moved up there. He plays at Palmetto now. Did he? I didn't know oh yeah, Richie bought a farm in like the middle of nowhere. Of course, he bought a fucking farm. Yeah, of course. His, <laughs> his wife's from Hilton Head. Of course, they, he did. They, they met at the golf academy there, and he moved. He's always they always talk about moving back up there, and they finally did it. Good yeah, for him. After he got some uh, so a winner's yeah, check. you got yeah after he got <laughs> at one point two million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown live right Kisner's there on Palmetto you Golf. You got club. a great Kevin Kisner story. I do have a great Kevin Kisner story. This is actually really funny playing in my at my favorite golf course um he where he's a member he lives on the 17th hole and i hit it in the in the a pretty terrible tee shot into the right green side bunker not the right green side bunker, the right fairway bunker and this little girl like runs out in the fairway from the woods and i had to like kind of back off my shot and i see like a dad like i just like looked at her like kind of backed off and then i see like a dad like kind of go scurry and pick her up and i hit my shot and he just kind of goes chat and i was like I hit it like 10 feet. He's like, oh, my God, like, oh, thanks. So we got up to the green, and the guy in my group, he's like, so that was, that was Kevin Kisner. I was like, <laughs> he, just, he just told me good shot. He goes, yeah, didn't sweet, know. good shot. <laughs> like, yeah, I had no idea. That's his house. There he is. I was like, wow. He had, he had like his hood up, and he was just You like, couldn't have fucking told me that incognito. before yeah. I walked up yeah, here? Exactly. Like, what the hell? No, he was oh, that's he, awesome. He, yeah. uh, that's he goes, awesome. He goes, oh, dude, that was Kevin Kisner. I was like, hey, he just told me good shot. He's like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he used to, he like, I was playing Palmetto AM. He was hitting like drivers into the net back there it's it's a he's around a lot and it's, it's a cool place if you can get together fun fun fact about palmetto golf club uh as you know it is private however they open their doors uh for the entirety of masters week for all the people that are in the area aiken's only about 20 minutes from augusta and um so you can actually play palmetto golf club the public can play it i, I think they charge a pretty penny it might be like 300 bucks yeah i was about to say they better fucking charge out the ass yeah it's like 300 bucks i think but hey you know it's a private club that you wouldn't probably get to see otherwise so i'd pay it i mean shit i I'm, i've never I've, i don't think i've ever played it I might be so like i mean but please yeah. please, please do that i'd love to play 
Yeah. Last last little last little project of note. Uh, I, I don't have really many notes on this, but I just thought it was interesting and and kind of curious of your guys' initial thoughts. You probably saw uh, Justin Thomas is partnering up with Jack Nicholas. Yeah, uh, to build a course in your in your guys' backyard. Uh, I heard, Panther I heard a lot of things about it. There's like can, six courses. I've heard a decent bit about it. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. There's six golf courses. There's six courses being built north of uh Vera or north of Juno. Yeah, yeah. Six this, of them. This is one. This is this is one of the yeah, six. I've heard there are six courses. I've heard it's going to be like community based, like super high end homes. I think it's it's going to be Admirals Cove on steroids. I think it's more of just like a like a development play. Then it's sure, literally sure going to be Admirals Cove. Be good, but I think it's I think it's more of a development play. I, it's going to be Admirals Cove yeah. 2.0. And yeah. for those who don't know what Admirals Cove is, Admirals Cove is a golf course. That has 36 holes. No, up, 45 holes. 40, sorry, 45 holes up in Jupiter. Yeah. That is, if, if you own property in the actual complex, yeah. you will be that's a the, golf, that, That's the only way to be a member. There's a hundred of those down here. That, that yeah. Good I was going to say that it's gonna I, I heard more, more, I heard more groans and excitement about this project. A lot of people going, do we really need another one of these? That, I uh, apparently it's, it's so Panther much. National. Apparently it's a, it's a pretty boring flat site. Um, that's you know, it's, it's a development play. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's more exciting projects, uh, right. Coming right. besides that. And, and not totally just, agree. I'm not a fan of Jack Nicholas's golf courses. Cause I am right. like ball left, right. Love them. So I know I'm probably gonna love it. Um, and then obviously a huge fan of Justin Thomas. Cause I just think he's awesome, but there's there's more exciting golf course. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of JT, but Jen- yeah, I would rather. Yeah, that's a great point. I would rather have heard JT's doing something in um, in Kentucky than right. in Florida. I mean, that would have been cool. What, what and you got any? Go, go find the golf course. Don't try and build one in a convenient spot. Go find yeah, and yeah. How good could it be? And flat, look, sorry. if this is a the start of a second career for him, uh, you know, maybe. Maybe he does have ambitions to build some golf courses in Kentucky, but this was just the first opportunity to work with Jack. Um, you know, I, I don't, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, generally speaking, PJ tour players using their name to build golf courses aren't some of the best courses we have in this country. Um, a lot of them kind of are rather boring and um, <laughs> mundane, yeah. but you know, Ben Crenshaw being, I would say the, the, exceptional exception um but he really dove in i mean ben crenshaw yeah he might as well have been a, an architect of his whole life he's he's been involved with golf but he's, like the old, he's, like a, he's like the matthew mcconaughey of golf i feel like right that is a fucking perfect he's analogy. like the yeah he's like the uh gosh i can't think of the actor right now but um he owns a couple golf courses too that no, doesn't matter you can cut that but, we'll uh, see i mean I, yeah. I i give credit to justin thomas for putting himself out there and doing and doing something different and no, i'm ex- Let's yeah. put it this way. I've played a ton of Jack Nicholas golf courses in my life, and I'm excited to play this next one to see what I can try and think of. Like, what did JT do to like this mm-hmm. golf course? Because yeah. it'd be cool. Because obviously, like you play you play a Jack Nicholas golf course, you're gonna hit the ball left to right. There's gonna be <laughs> bunker front right of every green that that he can cut it over, and other people can't. I mean, it's really, it's not that difficult to like figure out what it's going to look like. And I don't mean that in a poor way at all. Cause he, I've played just, a, a ton of golf courses of that golf I like. Courses. So like, you kind of know what it is. There's going to be water uh, left on like the f- few holes in the front. There's going to be water right on a few holes in the back. It's always going to be a front, right uh, green. The greens will always run like uh, 
back or front to or back to front. I mean, it's just it's just what he does. It's just not. So it'd be cool to see him do one with somebody else and see what some of the changes. So that's more what I'm excited. I think about. that with, when you have like a guy like, like I just think of golf courses like an Arnie or a Jack or a, I, I guess Jack's done sort of a bunch of really. I cool hate stuff. Arnie's because they all go right to left. I can't play them. But not even that. Like it, <laughs> they've just spent their life perfecting a different craft. Yeah. You have a guy, some of these right. guys who are coming out now, or even back in the day, the tilling has to the dollar, like their, their craft right. building great golf courses. Right. Inherently or theirs are going to be better than just like, obviously someone who's been yeah. best in the world. The, the, the PGA tour players really took advantage of developers in the eighties and nineties wanting a name. Yep. You know, now we care more about the Gil Hans, yeah. the Tom Doak, but that wasn't as much the case in the A's and I's when they were trying to sell homes with a golf course like Panther National, they wanted recognizable PGA Tour names. Attached. Wait, is that what it's called? Panther National? Yeah, yeah pretty terrible name. Wow, that's an awful name. Yeah. Hey, I thought about this one time. I actually, it's because I was bored one day. There's very few good golf courses that have an animal's name in them in fact i went so far as to bears look at the top 100 bears club's probably the only quite, one when i was quite bored uh one time there's none in the top na- 90 in america <laughs> that have a, really an animal's name in them yeah i think of like courses around richmond like hunting hawk whenever a course has a name like hunting hawk no offense hunting hawk but <laughs> but also but also but I mean, hunting hawk, you know what you've done <laughs> it just it just screams mediocre public golf I mean, oh, it's so good. You know, none of the great golf courses have. Uh, yeah, the only one I can think of is Bears Club. Bears Club, yeah. And I was thinking about my that's one that I actually do like in, in Wilmington is uh, Eagle Point. Okay. Eagle Point. Eagle right, Point. That's, that's a good one. That's a I'm good. I'm trying point. to think of off the top of my head, like, yeah, I don't know any games. Well, I'm gonna jump in, and I'm gonna say. I played one of the greatest golf courses in the country. Uh, everybody that listened to the podcast last week knows that I got to play Seminole on Wednesday. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it was. I mean, it's it lives up to the hype. I mean, take it's us through, really, take us through the day. I want to hear about the drive in and everything. Uh, so drive in, Jamie was fucking late, which is obviously. <laughs> so we were we were kind of rushing for time, um, but we roll in there with probably like forty five minutes left, to, like forty five minutes. And I'm pretty sure that when you're a guest at Seminole, but first off, the drive-in is really, really cool. You come in, whatever, there's a, there's a couple of houses like on the right that when you like pull in, you see the sign. And actually my dad was told me that my granddad actually tried to buy, but wasn't able to, which would have been kind of cool, but he didn't. Um, but pull in and my, and Jamie, it was just kind of like, Hey, just park the car. And I was like, all right. And so like, I, I don't know, I'm nervous. Like I'm freaking out. So we just park it over and the guy comes over and he looks a little bit upset because like you're supposed to just drive it up the front. They're supposed to get your clubs out and then you park yep. and walk back. Well, the guy's a little bit annoyed that he had to come get him. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. Um, so he, you know, does it in and he brings her clubs in and we go to the locker room. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know that. I didn't know there was anywhere in the country that you could still smoke indoors. <laughs> <laughs> But I tell yeah, you, what, private private you can, club. Yeah, you can smoke indoors in in the uh, in the, the 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 lounge or the club or the, not clubhouse, the uh, men's locker room at Seminole. So the second that we got in there, my Jamie was just you know ripping a dart. 
Um, and he then, was in heaven. Yeah, he was so happy. I, I'm surprised he didn't say, you know what? Have fun playing. I'm just going to hang in here. <laughs> it, 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 I, honestly, it was raining when we got there. And so oh, Vinny, so we, we played with golf with Vinny Giles. Uh, and Vinny comes up in the clubhouse and or into the locker room. He's like, boys, we're going to have to postpone till tomorrow. And I was like, please, please don't do that. I'd be so <laughs> sad. I'd be so sad if that happened. But then he had a cigarette. Jamie had a cigarette. And then we, so we did not play golf with, uh, with um, Spider Miller. Spider Miller. We did not. Apparently Spider had to go get his certification for flying school that day. Oh, wow. Which was actually kind of a cool, that's, that's cool. But we, we got to play golf with a guy that you both probably don't know, but uh, Barry Van Gerbig, who mm. was the, he was a goalie for the some one of the uh, U.S. Uh, hockey teams, like a goalie for the U.S. hockey team. Oh wow! But he was a—he's been the one of the presidents, or he was the president of Seminole for thirty or forty years. Super, very, very well respected human being. Can't actually see. Um, he's like act like he's legally blind. Um, but he's now I, he was yeah now now he is. Um, unbelievable human being had such an amazing time playing with him. He played 18 holes. The first 18 hole round he had played in a year and a half that he had played full 18 holes with us. And it was really fun. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's funny, but it was awesome because he would hit it and he would just look right at the caddy and go, where'd it go? Because <laughs> <laughs> he had no clue. It might, might actually help me a little bit. Yeah, but, but yeah, but so we, we finally do tee off. We get, uh, we get two great caddies, Worm and uh, Jordan, who's Jordan was the caddy for me. He'd only been there about a, a year or two. Um, we would go worm, worm is an worm is an all time cat. No, that's, that's fantastic. Worm also has one eye. Oh, jeez. <laughs> worm uh, has a lot of misreads in that. Vancouver worm has bag. one eye. Um, so the he, phrase, the oh, phrase blind leading the blind really, uh, correct. Had yeah, a lot of meaning that, was, that day. That was the blind leading blind. Blind leading the um, blind. so we play and it, we, it was amazing. I mean, the, the rain, it was fine. We had a little drizzle when we teed off, but. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Like the way that the water is cut in and out of certain, like it just doesn't, it's just, it, it's just really, really cool. I, I don't really know how really to describe it. Almost, it, it almost like looks of water. It's it, crazy. Yeah. And would you say it almost looks like wall to wall fairway? Is it, I mean, is there rough? Very little. Right. And if it looks like it, very, it kind of has that Augusta look where it's very clean edges, very a lot of fairway, a lot of wide corridors, a lot of fairway, a lot very of very little like rough. But if you're in the rough though, like yeah. the rough is placed in certain in like in places where if you do hit in the rough, you have no shot at the green. Like well, you have right. no shot of keeping it on the green. Right. That like you might they're all they're all yeah they're all up. Elevated. Yep. The first hole I hit a perfect tee shot and I had like one Oh six and I was so nervous over that wedge. And like, I hit it and I'm like, that's not even getting close to the hole. And it was like right at it, but it was like 15 or 20 feet short. I two putted river. Get on the second hole, I had a great tee shot pins back. Right. And if anyone's ever played Seminole, you know that there's a big front right bunker. And then behind the green is another bunker. And my caddy was like, Hey, look, just play it. You've got, if you're going to get it close, like you've got to try to force the back edge. Like if you hit it in the back bunker, it's, it's not the worst place. So I hit it back there and I pussyfoot it because I'm scared and nervous. And I knew the second I hit it, I'm like, that's spinning so fucking hard. And it probably flies to pin high and sucks right off the front into the fairway. And without skipping a beat, then he just goes, 
That's one green visited and then just kept walking. And that happened a lot throughout the day. You would hit the green and it would just either run over the back or suck off. Or, I mean, they were just so difficult to like hold, but um, I mean, it was just amazing. It was, it was really cool. But the one story I will tell is on 17, which is an awesome par three. And it was playing a weird wind. It was like down off the right, which usually it's into your face off the left, off the ocean, off the ocean. So it was, it was opposite. It was down off the right. And it was like one, I was playing the back tee. It was like one 92 or something hole, but I had 83 to cover the left trap online with like the left part of the green. And I talked to my caddy. I'm like, if I hold a, if I hit a seven and I cut it up, the wind's going to take it. I know it'll cover but I didn't cut it. I just kind of hit straight. And then it comes down in the bunker, just plugged like Mm. worst fried egg you've ever seen. And uh, my caddy Jordan was like, yeah, man, I don't really know. And I'm also like dormy with my dad in a match. Like I'm trying to, (laughs) trying to fucking make par at least. He's he's loving it. And he's, he's just talking shit, of course. Um, And so I get up there and Jordan's like, Hey man, like I I think the best you can do is like 30 feet. If we're going to be really honest and worm, <clears throat> comes out of the fucking way the clouds. out of the clouds. And, and again, if you've ever played Seminole, the 17th green, the 18th tee box is directly left of the 17th green, but it go, it's like a, it's probably like an eight foot tall, like wall, like up, but you can walk up it, but like, it's that tall. It's very big. And so he goes, fuck that. Just chunk it out and up the hill and let it come back down. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he just and he just goes and stands up on top of the hill and he just goes, if you can get your ball to here, it'll get to the hole. And I'm like, well, how the fuck am I get it to get it to there? And he goes, just chunk it out. And I'm like, okay. And somehow I end up hitting this like chunk and run out of a plug lie that gets all the way to his feet and then runs down to about eight feet. And I fucking buried it for par. It's the greatest three I've ever made in my life. It's a fact. I've never made a better par. All things considered with the eyes watching you, the location, the eyes watching me, the location, the golf shot. And I was like in a match and then bury a putt. It was so, it was, it was best shot I've probably ever hit. I mean, it was, it was really, it was fantastic. And then I spent a shitload of money in the, uh, (laughs) uh, I see the low key flex. You got the Seminole shirt on right now. You bought this map too. No, I did not buy that. But yeah, this is today's actually, today is the first day I've worn this. Um, but I bought, I bought a great, just like a great little hat, just like a white solid hat that I can wear anywhere. I bought this shirt. I bought a putter head cover and I bought a valuables pouch. Nice. So I'm, I'm set on some, I got a, uh, Scott Shing- shout out Scott Shingler. He plays in the, the Coleman every year. He, he picked up some merch for a bunch of us a couple years ago. So I've got a nice seminal t-shirt in the closet. But, there you you know. go. Well, uh, do me a favor and text Scott for me. Cause I can caddy for him this year. Cause they know. Oh. And they were asking if I could go caddy in the, in the Coleman. So I awesome. think caddying in the Coleman this year. Very so great. if Scott is caddy and he wants one from Virginia, I got him. I bet he would love that unless he's got a prior arrangement. Unless he's I'm got, sure a, he, unless he he's got love it. worm. And if he's got yeah. worm, fuck man, yeah. take worm. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best, man. He's so good. Oh man. Yeah. What a great experience, man. I'm happy for you. That's really cool. How how was uh how was Vinny? Did he have some good stories and some good uh sort of he, intel on Seminole? He did. He uh 
it was funny. He was quite reserved in the beginning. And then once the kind of the first few punches were thrown in the match, and then, you know, we kind of jawing each other a little bit. He's, I mean, he's just a great dude, but um, nothing I can really say on camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without, at least without his permission. So uh, hopefully we'll get him on the pod soon. He, he's, he said he's definitely, oh, definitely uh, about that'd be doing fantastic. It, so. We'll definitely get him on here, but he, I mean, he's a, That'd be great. I mean, he's an absolute, I'm sure, I'm sure for you, it was pretty neat to see your dad and him and what sort of camaraderie and, and how they play off each other. I'm sure that was pretty cool to see them chatting. Well, the thing that I didn't realize was it was the first time Jamie had been back since he'd won the Coleman. Mm, wow. And, and so he pretty, what the coolest part for me, besides playing the golf course, you know, and obviously playing with golf Vinny, but when was, did your dad win the Coleman? 96. Okay, cool. So he, uh, huh? 25 years ago. Yeah, 25 years ago. And, uh, and he pretty much like, I mean, at least on the back nine, like he made a point to like tell me, like, hey, I hit it here. The pin was here. I hit this shot. Like that. So I got to kind of like walk the round of golf, with him, which was really, really special. It was really cool. Very cool. But, I mean, yeah, it's probably a, a top five day, or at least, I mean, it's a top two golfing day of my life, but it might be a top five day just all time of my life. So pretty, really pretty neat. special stuff. But what's yeah. the other? top two what's what's the other one in the top two uh it's probably the day that i got to spend with jamie at at uh sporting club when we played 36 holes and we got to tee off in the morning it was because that's i mean that was just a amazing day that's my favorite golf course and i think seminal seminal fighting you want to see that that one's so good go to our youtube and watch yeah if you want to if you want to see why a sporting club ranch is so good go to our youtube channel and watch that because that's a fucking great video and jamie kicks my fucking ass (laughs) Snake River Sporting Club. Yeah, Snake River Sporting Club is the name, not Sporting Club Ranch. You call it that every time. I, well, it's because it's the, Snake they, River they, Sporting Club Ranch. They changed it, didn't they? Well, it, well, it's I've known it as Snake River Sporting Club Ranch, but I foresee I foresee a match, hopefully not in the too distant future, between the three of us and your pops up there. One, I, I definitely I could I could foresee that. Yes, I'd definitely within yeah within the next small amount of time. Yes, maybe that, this maybe this summer. Hey, I'm gonna be out there for three months, so you just yeah. get light, and I'll I'll be there. Let's do it. And speaking of amount of time, we are we are out. Oh, yeah, we are out of time. We've got to run. We got to go to dinner with Copac for his birthday. But thank you all for watching, Rosie. As always, it was lovely talking to you, T Bird. You too, guys. Love you, dude. I enjoyed right. it. See you, boys. Peace. See you later. Peace. Peace.